citizens of the verse. Today is November 16th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of Readcast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. He's stealing and healing, Mr. Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everybody. And of course, he is back in space trucker mode. The one, the only, Seagard Olfsen. Mr. Convoy here. (laughs) (laughs) So, first and foremost, folks, we are so sorry that we couldn't record last week. And, of course, it's Geeky's fault because I had my CEOs in town, well, my CEO and my founder in town from the UK. And um, apparently they like a lot of late nights Mm -hmm. when they're in town. Um so uh, I, I will say my, my first night with my CEO in town, I left a bar with him at 10.05, but somehow mm. uh, fall, fell asleep on the subway and ended up in Coney Island, which mm. while still in Brooklyn, um, is over an hour away from my apartment in the best train conditions. Mm. I got home at 3 a.m., did you have some blood pudding the morning after for your hangover? <laughs> no, no, I did not. And let me tell you, I I don't know how I do it. Uh, there is, I have to say, there's very something. There's v- something very special deep inside me, and I think it's just a uh, little baby alcoholic. Huh. <laughs> I, I like that baby alcoholic. I ran out of booze, right? Guess what I'm drinking? Soda water with a lot of bitters. <laughs> yeah but it is because the bitters are cucumber lavender and it tastes really good that's why <laughs> wink wink um, <laughs> so uh sorry for that delay everybody um but uh you know we've had an eventful two weeks and, and a lot to talk about first and foremost what have you been up to seaguard I have been really enjoying uh, 315. I have been hauling. I've been flew the Reclaimer. I've been flying my Auroras. I've been fiddling with the inventory. I, Hang I on. Like You've it. been flying your Auroras, Seaguard? You never I have. do that. I, I, oh, I like my Auroras. They have a purpose again. Nice. Um... What uh? What have you been doing to make money? Hauling. I got a set route. I've just been uh, trying to you know make my money grow, and it's doubled easily without without even grinding. I mean, just do one or th- one or two things a night, and I'm doubling it. So I've done you know some hauling. Really- I've done some uh, uh, like box dropping, um, pickups and drop offs. Um, nice. Yeah, pretty. It's been pretty fun. You know what's really interesting? Somehow I had like 40k in the old space bank, and now I'm down to 71. Uh, Somewhere on your ship? You mean 71? You're up to 71, not down. No, not not 71k. Oh, 71 alpha UEC. So not even 7100. 71. Have you been hitting that M button too many times? Because that's what happened to me. M. Yeah, when you request for medical assistance. I've never uh, hit the M button. Yeah, that's what happened. I, I lost like 30, 
30,000 doing that. I've been cargo hauling. Um, maybe you have to have cargo somewhere then. Yeah, maybe he didn't sell it. That's a good. Yeah, with right now, you never know. <gasps> oh, I didn't sell it. You're right. You're right. Oh, which, thank which, goodness. Thank which goodness. is okay. You locked down with it, right? That's why yeah. I am the head of logistics. I, I forgot I had to log off <laughs> unexpectedly the other day and had cargo still in my ship. Huh. Whew, okay. Uh, Chekhov, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, there's not there weren't too many options for me, considering that day one I had an Aurora and a Nomad, and then I woke up the next day, I only had a Nomad. So thanks to Jendel, and on the top of that, I was... I lost like it was thirty thousand, so my money went down because mm-hmm. I didn't know how that mechanic worked. Figured out, you know, of course, like everybody else, I, I didn't go to PTU, so I had to figure out the whole thing. Yeah. Where is my stuff? And you know, just waking up and figuring out what's where that took a couple of days. Now I'm pretty comfortable with that, thanks to Jendel. I was able to do enough missions with him to buy myself a rock. So now oh, nice. I have a rock and a nomad, and that's pretty much my uh, plan for a while until the sale goes on to uh, to explore and do some mining. But nice. I guess l- l- later on I can share during our science section, I'll share some of my findings, you know, maybe yeah. some of those things. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one thing that I, I've been, well, I've been mostly cargo hauling. Um, as you, as you've heard, and I've been enjoying that. I'm doing it kind of casually, nothing too extreme. I've been trying to get Laranite, you know, it is, it is in smaller supply, but I've been lucky, but I've been using smaller ships. Um, so, you know, I can't even fill a Connie yet with the amount of funds that I have, but, uh, it's been fun. I, I like the patch. I I've been avoiding combat missions until I feel like I have a good baseline. Um, plus, for the first few um, times, I accidentally blew up my Carrick one time and lost half my suits of armor. Um, oh, no, it was yeah. my 400i first. Uh, got stuck. I, um, I bedlogged on the surface of the planet. And when I logged back in, my ship fell through the surface while I was logging in. And uh, therefore, I could not... I, when I tried to go through the surface, which worked okay the last time it happened to me, uh, it made me blow up and die and lose half of my sets of armor that I had stored on the ship. Um, and then the same thing happened to my Carrick. It, it blew up. Oh, no. It, it um, My quantum drive wouldn't work. So I tried to blow it up in an effort to claim it so that the quantum drive that I bought would work. And then I couldn't get out of the blast radius in time. Wow. <laughs> so That's I woke rough. up in the hospital. <laughs> I'm like choking on my own spit here. <clears throat> so <laughs> it was it was needless to say, interesting. Yeah. But um yeah, so this past couple of weeks uh, a lot more content has come out since you know ISC finally came back. And two weeks ago, our first episode back, we got a look at the mining gadgets that are hopefully coming out in 316. 
Um, yeah. And the goal of those mining gadgets was really to help players who are, um, you know, maybe they're solo playing in a prospector. If they want to crack a really difficult rock, they can uh, exit to EVA, bring their mining gadget, attach it to the rock. They have to tune the mining <clears throat> gadget, and then it will have an effect on the rock. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you, you bring that up because, and I don't know if what's happening right now is in any way related, but right now most of the rocks, well, ROC mineables, are not even scannable, meaning oh, really? they're real, but but you don't know the content until you actually get out <clears throat> and walk okay. up to you know bless walk up to them. So I'm just thinking, is that getting ready for the gadgets where you will have to to really understand the content of the mm. rock to really you know get out and put the gadget on? I'm not sure. Or is well, just the mining rock? gadgets are for asteroids. Oh, okay. So then it's a bug. Yeah, it's probably just a bug. Um, at least that was my understanding, unless they have some sort of mining gadget for a hand mineable or, or rock mineable too. But my understanding know. is no. By the way, I can confirm that's what it is. There's my money. I got it back finally. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Whew. Whew. Um. That, that same episode, we actually also got a sprint report, thank goodness, um, and that first gave us a look at the different logos for the Mercenary Guild. We got a look at more of the Vulture in gray box. Uh, they showed character heads, both NPC and player, are going to be getting better textures, as well as customizable eyebrows, in case you want to look like your Whoopi Goldberg. Um and I then, want a unibrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a unibrow. I want a unibrow um, and a and a uh, mohawk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they also gave us a very long look at that new Hurston armor set. It seems like they got every single angle that we could possibly imagine. <clears throat> um, and then um, we got a look at uh, different graffiti prototypes for. Um, pyro station interiors so it was a pretty cool inside star citizen uh what do you think uh Seaguard? i thought it was good um i um i watched a, a big chunk of it uh, the armor is definitely very very cool i like it a lot i haven't really figured out you know, the advantage to having the matching armors you know combination um i don't think that does anything yet i think uh, it's aesthetic yeah, right. It's aesthetic right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that set specifically, that was one of the ones that they showed off with the um, armor modularity. Yeah. Where if, uh, if you have the whole set, then it includes like the cape f functionality as well as um, that cowl. Um, yeah, I don't so, yeah. Oh, that's right. The other one had the cowl. I was... I was thinking of the one in game that we have now, which is similar. Oh, it has yeah. the little hood, the hood yeah. that goes off the back. And I was yep. that's the one I was fiddling with in the game. And I was thinking of that one, but you're right. The the hood that caught it's like a shield over the back of their head. It looks yeah. amazing. It looks amazing. Yeah. The question would be we they didn't say whether or not it's only gonna be Hurston security. They said it would be lootable, the security 
specific version, but I would imagine they'll have purchasable ones or, right. or something like that. Or maybe, maybe that's one of the first um, uh, sort of things that you can get from building rep with Hurston. Uh, that might be true too. Um, yeah, it was it was a I good know. show though. I uh, I enjoyed this show again. Um, uh, I enjoyed watching yeah. it. Thank goodness it's back. It gives us yeah. something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, did what did you think of the mining gadgets? Seagard, I'm here. Where what, what did you think of the mining gadgets? Oh, the mining oh. gadget looks, you know, looks like a claymore in the army, you know, claymore mine. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a really cool idea. And I, you know, they show it on an asteroid, but I wonder how that's going to work on like, um, you know, let's say items that are on a planet, right? Yeah. But, you know, oh, I wonder if inside gonna, large rock. Yeah. Are you going to be able to take on more with the, uh, with the rock and the, uh, DS rock or the rock DS, um, Using those tools, um, are you going to be able to use your hand your hand mineable to do something you know more with it if you use that? You know, I, yeah, I think that'd be question. very cool. Yeah, really good question. I guess we it, we shall see. It also lets Just you bring it in the cave and into a cave if you could use it. You could use it to you know increase the power of your hand hand tools. In a cave and carry out bigger pieces of uh, of rock or more valuable pieces. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. Uh, Chekhov, you mentioned not get catching a lot of the um, content. Did you see one this I one? Think, I think that one I did see the the oh, awesome one. So yeah, gadgets, of course, for me that's I'm really excited to see that because anything mining related, I think it's going to be mostly used for well as you said the way they showed it asteroids only maybe in the beginning but it mm -hmm. probably to the you know to help well i mean it's it sort of the we, we already have tools that help us uh, control the stability and mm -hmm. uh, you know open the windows so it has to do something else besides that right uh, well it's sort of like what i gather is it gives you on-the-fly optionality, and it's sort of like the passive um, mining components where until you break the rock, its effect is in play. So it's not like a consumable component from that. So it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like the passive component, yeah, which um, we have. but like a consumable too because once it explodes, it's gone. But yeah. it has the effect, and it's not a timed effect, as far as I can tell. And I think it it just seems like it's going to give more optionality. If if I could, yeah, it would be guess. interesting to see what it ultimately does. I, yeah, I guess they would have to give it some additional functionality that we already have. Yeah, sense. there are going to be six different types with two effects that it applies. So um, at a time, so it might. I'm guessing they'll vary the instability of different rocks and stuff too to make it more interesting. Um, 
I thought the episode was good. I, I do wish they had a couple more snippets instead of having like a two minute look on the armor, but it's cool. Um, you know, not the worst so, thing. So uh, just to, before I forget, I just arrived Microtech, you mm-hmm. know, and, and uh, called for a landing, but landed next to the to the round the domes mm-hmm. and walk right in, and I could sell every single harvestable that I have on board. Right, right oh, nice. from the Nomad. So that's the place to sell them. Right from the Nomad. That's awesome. Yeah, right from the Nomad. And they're buying everything, all of them. Yeah, so you don't have to move it into your backpack or anything. Exactly. Yeah, it gave me an option. Sell from New Babbage or sell from Nomad. Well, I don't have a backpack. I forgot it at all. Oh. <laughs> I had plenty, but they disappeared with my life force. <laughs> Um, I thought the episodes were great, um, but uh, yeah, it's good to have ISC back. Now, Star Citizen Live last week, the two weeks ago, was a UI town hall, um, and it was essentially all about it was all about uh, UI and and uh, answering questions and things like that. They talked a lot about how they are putting a lot of different layers in 3D space. And these are just some snapshots, by the way. I I, uh, I get tired of talking too much. Um, 3D layers in, or layers in 3D space to make it better looking on the UI. Uh, the UI is being built so that larger sections can be modified all at once. So, for example, creating all the buttons on a Crusader ship to be in quote-unquote Crusader style. Uh, instead of one at a time. Uh, so it's almost like style guides, I'm guessing. Uh, they talked about how UI in Star Citizen is interesting because it's actually embedded at the beginning of projects. They don't come in at the end and just skin things. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that there's a lot of tech involved with UI decisions. Um, they mentioned that they are uh, doing a lot of ongoing work to create a much better star map experience. Uh, and the way it will eventually work is it'll start from very, very macro and be able to go into minute micro detail. Um, you know, so everything from a whole system and maybe even beyond that all the way down to your radar. Um, and so because of it, there's a lot of different core systems that tie into the overarching experience, uh, which is why it'll probably take a little bit. Gotcha. Um, right. yeah. And they want it to look as similar as the arc star map on our, on the website. Uh, they are in the process of prototyping new designs for the Moby glass, uh, that they'll present to Chris Roberts. Um, the gladius is halfway finalized on their UI. Uh, so they have a few, they have more things to sort of finalize. Uh, they're, uh, they will add more layers to targeting. So it won't just be red and green or red and blue rather. Um, they are working on MF. They, they do plan on working on MFD persistence, but it's not priority right now. And mm-hmm. they discussed adding in a landing UI in the future at the very least similar to what we had in the past. Um, so those are some of the highlights from that uh, Star Citizen live. Any thoughts, uh, Seagard? 
You know, I, I didn't get to watch all of that one because my wife dragged me off to a uh, flower show, which turned out to be remarkably fun, to be honest with you, which was Oh, I can imagine. It was very cool. Neat little town in Florida. It was very, very uh, neat. But anyway, um, but, you know, the, the landing UI is one of those things I definitely, I would like to be, it would be more immersive for me if they could definitely get the landing UI or UI more in the cockpit right i i hate you know like tonight i was i had to land the reclaimer inside of area 18 in a hangar the hangar is plenty big but there's no sensors to tell you if you've drifted slightly left slightly right or if your tail end of the aft end of the ship is hanging over the edge and you're going to clip it um you know some central ability to align like you do with docking would make it much mm-hmm. more immersive for me as a pilot. Um, you know, your angle of a descent, let's say you, you have a speed and um, they give you uh, a projected line on your HUD that would point to your mm-hmm. hangar bay and you just kind of fly down that glide slope like you would in an aircraft. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, everybody, it doesn't matter if you have wheels or skids or you're an aircraft carrier, you know, Anvil Hornet or a, you know, ground-based Valkyrie, everybody pretty much lands the same way right now. And I, yeah. I think that uh, I would like more of the experience of it being routine but tough. And it, and believe me, the Reclaimer is better than it's ever been. It really was fun playing the last two days. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But landing it, you know, is still you have to get outside in the outside view to look and really make sure you're not going to hit Yeah. Anything. I think uh, yeah, I, remote sensors I or monitors. Third yeah, I do too. I really like the immersiveness of it. Um, and and I, I would like to see more of those aspects, you know, in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, check off any thoughts about the episode? No, that one I did not catch. Um, yeah I thought it was really interesting they didn't really talk about anything earth shattering I think I think what's really cool is it's just I'm just glad to know that they are thinking about the things that you know we all as as um, as uh, fans are obsessed with (laughs) like you know the star map etc it's what what I think my main takeaway is how far off they make some of this stuff seem scares me a little bit. It does. You know? And maybe when they're talking about it, they're maybe they're saying like, well, look, you know, jump points are going to be a thing and that's some technology that needs to be implemented. But I'm like, all right, well, when's it going to be enough stuff before? Like what I, I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe they might as well wait to get the star map right, but because the current experience is so frustrating, it's hard to say. And they even one of the other questions that someone asked was, when are they going to be done with all the flash-based um, interfaces? And they said, it's going to be a while. So, you know, and I, I can al- always tell when it's something flash-based because my, my computer, well, my shadow, does not render it well. It's really, like, fuzzy. Whereas if it's in um, building blocks, it's super sharp and crystal clear. Right. Um, so I can't wait for that stuff to get right. fully overhauled. But, you know, 
it'll it'll be there soon enough. I'm I'm gonna right. have to just build a PC or I, buy a I, PC soon. I think that I think a lot of what they do that where you know they're a big group of developers now, and um, yeah, I you know they have they have groups that are not impeded by technology or that are not exactly. Uh, they can work in parallel to a great extent, you know, because they they just don't come together until in the future. Um, yeah, and yeah, for the placeholders, I think I would like to see more of. Um, let's say, I, I think there there could be a way to, you know, put in mock-up systems that replicate the way it's going to work in the end versus yeah. You know, yeah. holding off on some. There, there's choices, right? There is a choice to do some of that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, and and that's and I get it. They they're trying to make that quality game, and it's easy to get suckered into delivering something. Everyone goes, "Oh, it's good enough. This is great," and it never gets to the end vision. So yeah, I I actually I applaud you know. Uh, them for sticking to their approach and I can't wait for it. Well, I can't wait for it to get there, but I am literally like that kid on Christmas day and every, mm-hmm. every month or so it's like, Ooh, Santa Claus is coming. Ah, oh, I got coal. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, the Connie for a while, but Connie's now fantastic. I mean, I really like the Connie, I, you know, the next one I want to see is the Aurora. I mean, the Aurora is such a great flying little ship, but we can't slap a cargo box on the bottom of it for an aesthetic purpose. And it's it's probably the most common ship in the game. Maybe not the most commonly used, though. I'll, I'll grant you that. And the little vents for the vertical hover mode, right? Mm. Uh, yeah. Why haven't they <laughs> added those yet? That's a, yeah. That should be simple. They have, like, the, they have the larger scale assets. Yeah, um, they have the, the sort of like spot where they'll be. Yeah, and I mean that, that is that's a, me. that's a placeholder I think I could live with. Right, the the boxes there permanently, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, and uh, let me put stuff in there, you know, or let me uh, make it look like I'm carrying cargo. Yeah, uh, the, the yeah, other one exactly. is the weight factor in the flight. I don't like. I flew the Reclaimer. The Reclaimer always feels like it's like four thousand percent over its intended weight to op- fully operating you know <laughs> it's just mm. it's yeah. struggling it's doing 70 you know feet per second meters per second it's even in space it's cumbersome i can't imagine what it's going to be like when they fill it <laughs> well i think i think what drives people crazy <clears throat> i think what drives people crazy about things like the reclaimer and how sluggish it is today is all the promotional videos show it planet side at like a planet side wreck. Um, You know, uh, they show it in one scenario flying above Lorville. And it's like, truthfully, they've made it so difficult to, to take off with that most people will probably not spawn a reclaimer until it has the actual docking functionality. Right. Um, right. Because it's so painful. And those VTOL thrusters have to do something. I know they shouldn't be, like, amazing. It should still feel sluggish and heavy, but it shouldn't feel that heavy. Like, <laughs> empty especially. 
yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, and in real life, I know there's a difference between heavy lift, you know, nozzles mm. and, and narrow, I guess they're called venturi, venturi. You know, you're moving large amounts of mass at a slow volume to get lift, like explosives, mm-hmm. right? There's different types of explosives. And uh, you're using a high-velocity nozzle that's narrower to give you speed. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that there will be, you can have something that lifts slowly and carries a lot. And it wouldn't go any faster if it was empty. I get that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there's some little things out there I'd like to see tweaked along the way that are kind of, well, I'm uh, sure they will because they still want people to use reclaimers. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I just flew it around and I really approved uh, of what they did. And, like, you know, I found out that it carries 180 SCU of cargo now. And it's, and it oh, really, nice. I flew it around for into Hearst. I uh, flew it out of Area 18 into Hurston, landed it, brought it back out of Area 18 or out of Hurston, flew it back to, to Area 18, landed it. And. Mm hardly used any hydrogen mm-hmm. so i mean it really it was tough coming in at night trying to land it on her oh I, my goodness i can only imagine well you know it was me and Vivexio, and it's like man we're 1500 i can't even see the ground yet but we're still falling <laughs> but we found that we were able to we were able to fly level with it without any extra thrust it's They've done something to tweak it. It's but it's still a beast. Yeah, it's so much. Yeah, fun the character handling is different too. Yeah, I, I really feel like when I'm landing the, I mean, I have concerns when I fly it and try to like land it near Area 18. I'm on pins and needles bringing it down, and that's why I love flying it. So mm. I love to have you like that challenge. Oh, I do. <laughs> Bigger the better. Uh, so. Uh, not to not to push us along. Um, push us along. Let's push us along. <laughs> so uh, ISC last week was all about the future of space combat. So the mm-hmm. whole episode was dedicated to that. Um, once again, these are snapshots. If you want more detail, watch the episode. It was a good episode. Um, they discussed sort of the current state and bringing the ships into um, different archetypes, right? So that no one ship is great at everything for the character. Right. Um, I'm just, it's not good at dogfighting. Um, and so uh, part of that process also included they wanted to see real pilots dogfight. Um, which they did, um, and a lot of their decision-making around what they implemented, and you can see this to a degree already, is they want to give players a control over the choices that they have, but they want there to be real consequences. So, you know, none of the components or weaponry are supposed to be the best. It's the best at doing one thing but not necessarily everything because they don't right. want a meta when it comes to space combat so you know um you, you'll have noticed that they reworked the shield they added capac- capacitor gameplay um and they said you know as they continue to tweak some of these things they're going to continue to measure data so that they find a perfect balance um 315, we're going to start to see different... Well, we already are starting to see differences in shields again, so it's not just one type of shield face anymore. Um, 
they're also continually working on ship flight balances. You know, both of us noticed some, some differences in some of the ships that we fly. Turrets aren't in their end state either. Um, you know, and they want turrets to be meaningful, but they don't want, they want turrets to have, um, you know, a solid reason to exist and multi-crew gameplay to exist, but they also don't want to overpower it either. Um, and that includes auto gimbals too. They definitely want to make, uh, ballistics an important decision, uh, that people need to make. Uh, and they also are going to be adding other ammunition types and things like that as, as, uh, you know, physicalized damage comes online. So for example, flak as an ammunition type is, is one that they're considering and talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was all, all in all interesting episode. It was about an hour long. Um, you know, they talked a lot about current state, but at the same time, you know, Yogi was there and, and a few others to give us future state. Uh, Seaguard, what do you think? What, what, what I did is, watch, I was you? able to watch part of that, and I, I mm -hmm. really liked um, something that kind of caught me, uh, which I was really happy to hear about, was the, um, like, the assessment on the hammerhead. And I've always felt the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, people are coming back and saying, hey, I just, you know, I just soloed three hammerheads in my, you know, my Aurora mm -hmm. LN, mm -hmm. um, or my, that's just garbage. It just, you know, in the real world, it's not even close if you try that. It's like taking a rowboat up against a frigate. You're going to lose. Yeah. It's not even, you know, it's like the guy with the rocket launcher going against one of my tanks and, you know, I was in the army. You're not going to win. I can assure you. <laughs> it's Yeah. This thing will kill you. You wouldn't win against the towboat. Yeah, it's so deadly. We worry about it killing us, and we're in it. <laughs> you know, it is yeah. a freaking beast. And when it when the crew is trained right, you are unstoppable. It's just it really is. Um, and and I see the hammerhead as potentially a very very dangerous anti fighter ship. Right? Do I think? A ship with bigger guns can battle it? Absolutely. But it is an absolute, you know, hornet's nest of gunfire. Uh, and, I, you know, it's a more stable platform. It shouldn't even have to maneuver. I mean, it really should just be able to slowly move or maneuver and keep its weapons online, but not dogfight. Um, mm. I think, you know, the fire control systems of a bigger ship need to be replicated so that, yeah, one gunner could slave all the... All the turrets, they were doing that in the B twenty nine in World War Two. You know, my uncle was a was a chief engineer on those things, and that's exactly how the gun system worked. All the turrets slaved the one guy when he needed it, and uh, you know that's technology that we've had for years. That's eighty seventy eighty years ago. Um, I can't believe that you wouldn't have that on something like a hammerhead. Um, yeah. I almost wish it was kind of like uh, instead of gunner's positions, more of a war room inside of a something like a hammerhead. But I was, I kind of digress. Um, an operations bridge. I'll leave it at that. I would rather see the crew in an operations bridge with the guns being remotely controlled and the crew targeting, setting targeting priorities. Um, but uh, I love the fact that they were looking at that and saying that's not really good gameplay. Right. Um, and just not as fun, you know. <laughs> right. And and fighters, you know, um, the fighters, when they were talking about the different types of fighters and everything, 
individual fighters, that's World War I stuff. When you're dogfighting with the opponent, it's not a realistic test of your – it's more a test of your aviation skills and your knowledge of your systems than actually coordinating and winning a fight. Two-on-two two is a more realistic – you know, that's a, that's a flight element in most air forces – a lead and a and a and a wingman, and then if you have four of those, that's a four ship. You have two leads and two wingmen, right? They they coordinate as a group of four. Um, if that is if that is what you know, it's going to take to win. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, you know, two auroras should be able to beat the snot out of a hornet. It, it should it mm-hmm. shouldn't even be a question. Um, so I like the fact that they're. They're looking at some of those things and considering um, how they're built out on the on the ships. Um, yeah, they, I was surprised they didn't talk about weapons loadouts. Uh, that's uh, so in they they talked about you know how they brought in real pilots and stuff. Payloads on an aircraft are limited by its flight abilities, right? You can't just put a five hundred pound bomb on one wing and four missiles on the other. It, the plane won't fly well. It'll be ill balanced. You can't maneuver you because you'll rip things off the off the bottom of the airplane. Literally lose your weapons. So they have payloads. Multi you have multi mission fighters who are, do ground attack or ship attack and do some air to air. You have air to air guys. You have intercept guys. But they all have different payloads and different aircraft requirements. Um, I would like to see more of that in the game, so that. So that it allows people to build and modify their ships, but it takes quite a bit of engineering skill and science skill to modify it out of its primary realm. You know, um, yeah. If that makes sense. So if you if you're an inter, if you're flying an M fifty, you should be very fast with a relatively short range, and be able to find an enemy mm-hmm. that's coming in to attack and blow it out of the sky and then get away and land. If you're flying an Aegis. You know, uh, fighter, you should be an air superiority guy. You should be able to take on anything in your area that comes up and gets you. But you probably can't drop a bomb worth of crap. So, yeah. um, I would like to see more of that. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure we will. Yeah, um, at some point, you know, and they they seem to be approaching it pretty thoughtfully. They are. Um, you you run up against the gameplay ability of. Complete customization, which is a popular thing, right? Minning mm-hmm. and maxing your ship and um, metagaming and things like that. Um, yeah. So there is some compromise that has to be made, and I get that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time because yeah. there's a lot of, you know, the, I mean, obviously we don't even have all the, the systems that need to be in place like physicalized damage which you know is going to change things again yeah absolutely i really thought the show did a good job of highlighting how they're approaching it i really did so yeah yeah it's that was a good grouping um check off what'd you think i didn't watch this one either oh okay sorry (laughs) no worries check off i missed a bunch of stuff it's okay. As you can tell, we're pretty good at covering it anyhow. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the episode. You know, I'm not a big combat guy, but I like to know that those considerations are coming about. And like, yeah. for me, 
when I think of space combat, I actually think of I'm someone who could be attacked in my wonderful ship and I need to either be able to defend myself with my crew or escape. Um, and so those balance changes, that's where it's most interesting to me. Now, the Star Citizen Live, I'm guessing, Chekhov, you didn't see, I didn't see, but all I know is even even Nubifier was befuddled. Um, it was sort of like a meet, meet someone on the team piece, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a short, you know, intro like you'd see on an ISC. It was... Yeah full um episode with uh gavin rotterberry now he's a concept artist he's concepted over 20 of the ships and vehicles in the game Mm -hmm. they had it seemed like they had no pre-planned talking points because they spent a huge part of the time discussing um he he also did concept work on movies and and things so Mm -hmm. he did a lot of work for the movie moon and they talked a lot about that, apparently. Mm, and yeah. so, uh, you know, no offense. He seems, seems cool. But even then, like, if I'm talking Star Citizen concepts, I'd want to hear more about how he comes up with those concepts and, mm-hmm. and, you know, what inspiration he has for them. And that didn't seem to come across as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a weird one. Yeah, I, that's the one I got called. I got taken away for the flower show. Oh, I, I got to where me. they were talking about how the the mock up of the helmet didn't fit. Uh, um, oh, Jared wouldn't fit his oh. head. Yeah, Jared got a three D printed helmet of the uh, gray cat gray cat armor. Yeah. from a a fan, and it didn't fit his his dome mm-hmm. piece. Yeah. <laughs> the little models uh, so, were, were cool that's why i've seen those before. yeah yeah exactly um you know what model i want to get i can't wait to get yes the, the carrick one that's coming out yes um it's the you know it's it's definitely one i'm gonna buy and get on my put on my desk uh this mm-hmm. week should be even pretty action-packed as well tomorrow we have a you know the bi-weekly roadmap Thursday, we have an IAE-themed episode, um, which will give us a look at two vehicles making their debut in the PU this week. Um, I don't know whether to read into that, that it's two vehicles that are brand new being announced, or if it's two vehicles like the Ares and the um, Inferno Redeemer. Oh, that's right, Um, Yeah, the Ares Starfighter and the Redeemer. I'm hoping that's not the case because we've seen both of those ad nauseum across so many different sprint reports. It's like, you know, please no. Um, And then they also are going to have a Star Citizen Live with a QA and a speaking with the FPS features and content teams. So anything that we can touch and interact with, they'll they'll talk about and answer questions about. Uh, as well as da 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 da, Friday will be the start of the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo, which will once again be hosted at New Babbage, as we mentioned last time. Um, the you know the 
designs look really cool this year and we should be seeing a few new ships and of course the return of our favorite host Jax McCleary Um, so super exciting IAE also um, the schedule is up but the there's overlap for two days so Anvil will be the first day and the second day and then the second day I think I think it was RSI will be in a different hall and then they'll alternate halls every other day. So something's new in one of the other halls, uh, which is good. I think they did that with, um, did they do it with IAE last year or did they do it with um, Invictus? I can't I remember. remember. Either way, it should be cool. Um, so I'm excited for that. Hopefully we'll get some really fun content from there. Yeah. Uh, what are you One looking for? Thing. Oh, it's going to say. Oh. What are you looking for uh, out of this one? Is there any ships you're looking at wanting to get, or? Oh, good question. Um, I am likely not going to get a ship. I always say that, and you know, sometimes I actually don't. <laughs> right. But you never know. I didn't. I didn't think I was going to get a 400i, and then I went by to my. Um, my poor Terrapin in order to get one. What about UC Guard? Anything you're planning on picking up that you don't have? And is there such a thing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I have a lot. I I think I'm down to 53 now or something ridiculous. uh, And I'm not even like the, I'm not even, I think I'm like fifth or sixth in the org right now in number of ships. Mm It's, you know, yeah, it used to be like number two. Now it's not even close. I'm way back in the packs. Uh, tonnage, I we may have call just, out the others. <laughs> yeah, I may have more weight in ships than the others because mine are all big ships. I, yeah. I am looking to. Um, but they're industrial, uh, right? I mean, you don't have. Yeah, I have all have the big industrial. Like a ships. Javelin or an Idris or anything like that. No, right? no. In fact, my yeah. largest ships is probably Hull E and the Endeavor. But I do have like the. You know, the Perseus and, or yeah, Perseus, Perseus. That's the fast attack boat. Yeah, that and the Polaris and the Hammerhead and, you know, oh, the so cruise, you got those the like cruise smaller yeah. capital type. Yeah, and I have a couple fighters. Like, you know, I, I have the Hornet series. Mm-hmm. I have a Super Hornet, which is a great ship, but I, I think I'd rather have something else. And I'm not a, not a big fighter guy. I you have an Orion to too, right? I have an Orion. I have the Crucible. I have it's the Tycoon pack. Me too. So I have the Tycoon pack, yeah. and I have the RSI pack, and I anything that wasn't really super useful to me, I upgraded to a ship like a C two or an M two. Uh, uh, I have an M two, not a C two, but I get a C two loaner. Uh, but I am uh, looking for anything that's kind of an industrial type ship um, would be yeah. fantastic. Um, and uh, I I may go back and get the um, the uh, a Misk uh, Reliance science vessel, the Sen. Oh, the Sen is cool. I like. Yeah, the Sen. I I I'm hoping that we see something sooner rather than later that makes that more more of a science style vessel. Um, uh-huh. And so that may be one I may get in place of one of my smaller ships. Um, but I think mm-hmm. the, the, the one that I'm considering is the retaliator um, because it, it is okay. getting a rework. Um, 
it's kind of got a cool mission. It's a crew-based ship. I kind of like that. Um, I feel like it's a little brother to the Hammerhead. It's kind of like why well, take it when mm. you take the Hammerhead. But uh, but maybe I may look at that one again. Um, the crew difference isn't that much, right? It's the same. It's the same. Oh, really? It's seven and seven. Yeah. Yeah. So and it doesn't have any forward-firing guns. Like that, like the and the hammerhead doesn't either. Yeah. So it just got torpedoes versus missiles. Uh, yeah. So that one I may get. Um, and if they have that raft, then the raft serves some purpose. Maybe the raft. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. Chekhov, what are you thinking of picking up? Well, yeah, I already have a plan. <laughs> I need a hull B and a vulture. Nice. Yeah, and I I'm, have the vulture as well. And I'm grinding for a Karak. At first I said I'm probably not going to last. I may still not last, but that as of right now, that's the goal. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you'll see what happens. And, and who knows? The Misk, I'm most interested. I think the Argo Raft's going to be pretty straightforward. Um, I'm curious what the Anvil like the ballista vehicle, what that's going to be. Uh, oh, ballista yeah. type that, vehicle. I and forgot I, about that one. That's one I would consider for sure. I just, there's and just so much, You know, there's just so much functionality in this game yeah. that I've decided that there's no point in quantity. I will yeah. never, ever have enough time to use them all. So I'm just going to, you know, just really focus on the quality. I'm going to have just the handful of ships and that's it just you know for utilitarian purposes in other yeah. words like a, a good uh, uh, fighter uh, a good uh, you know miner you know mining whether it's a, a mm-hmm. rock and then a prospector and uh, and and the the ultimate which is carrot the ultimate exploration you know? yeah I mean I think you have a really good approach because for me, like I think of it for me as what's my main gameplay. Now this is someone who has a moderate to, to some people's mind, maybe large amount of ships. I, I think I have a moderate amount, but you know, that's me. Uh, and I try not to change the, the amount now. I just try and swap them around if anything, but I find for some reason, I love the idea of, well, my main play style or my main focus is going to be on exploration and, and you know, discovery and research and everything. Um, so that's my main. And that's where I really want my multi-crew ship to be my, and my Carrick, essentially. Yeah. Um, for the other industrial areas where maybe I'll help out on someone else's ship or maybe I'm playing it by myself for fun when no one else is on. Then I'm like, okay, well, maybe the Vulture. I say, and I have a Vulture. I also have a Crucible, which actually requires more ship, more people on the ship, but um, there's not many repair ships uh, out there, and I happen to just think the Crucible was cool, even though, let's face it, it's probably not going to look anything like what it looks like now. Uh, But where I break this paradigm is I bought the Orion, and I don't know why I bought such a big mining ship when I'm focused on exploration but at the time at the time we didn't really have any in the org 
So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, well, I have all these ships that I'm probably never going to use. And I upgraded a handful. Of, you know, I melted stuff and upgraded to an Orion mm-hmm. thinking, oh, that was a gap that we had. But then a bunch of people got them anyway. So it doesn't matter. So right. we'll see. Maybe one day I'll just melt them, melt them all and just, you know, right. make yeah. it Alpha cool. UEC. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who knows what comes out. And or right UEC. now, look at the case in point. I mean, 30K protection is so good. We, we just 30K. I returned uh-huh. my Nomad and the rock was inside the Nomad, spawned right back. You know, everything is good and I'm going nice. about my business. So. Yeah, that creates a whole new dynamic, you know. You yeah. don't need to worry about 30Ks now. You could plan a little much. better. Or, yeah. or as much, right? You just yeah. need to be focused on really being a good pilot. Don't die, yeah. Don't die, yeah. don't die. Don't crash your ship with stuff or a planet. You know, you can't have everything on your ship, you know, just spread around the stations. And there's so much stuff around the, you know, uh, the system now as far as looting. You know, mm-hmm. you can get almost anything out there. Just yeah. search. So it, yeah. it, that's what I'm saying. This game is becoming not only about the ships, but there's a lot of FPS going on. There's a lot of things that are going on on the ground, too. That's why I'm saying to myself, well, you're going to have so many ships. When are you going to find time to do all that? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you yeah. know, to me, it's... Um... It's a matter of being able to do any of them and make a little bit of money yeah. as you feel like it. So today I do a little hauling, tomorrow I do a little mining. <clears throat> but I, and, and this will, I'll take us a little off the path we normally go down a little bit, but I think it's worth it. I, you know, and this is the real question I'm going to ask is, you know, why did you buy and what was your thought process when you bought the ships? And I'll start with mine. So I was a very, uh, I had played Eve for a couple years and I was a little frustrated with the way that uh, you could lose everything very quickly and you were limited to getting to um, some of the, some of the areas due to the cut and cutthroat nature of the universe and the harsh yet harsh reality of it. It was fun, but it also just made me kind of stay within the safe zone and and I kind of developed this um, desire to be self-sustaining. Mine, you know, mine enough to build planetary facilities, produce enough products to sell, sell so that I could buy the next ship up and keep my supply of ships going. And I always stayed within my my budget in the game. I could buy, you know, I limited my technology growth. Um, and I came out of that realizing I really didn't have time to grind a lot. Uh, just working too many hours and at that time and traveling and everything else. So I said, this time I'm just going to go hog wild and support the development of the game. And I want to enjoy all aspects, aspects of it. I want to be able to go anywhere I want without too much fear of being destroyed. And I wanted to, for the first time, really experience team play, a part of a group. This is the first, well, short time with you and me, Chekhov. We were in that other group. Yeah, but this is my first time with any orc in any game I've ever played. Um, so I really kind of wanted to have ships that others could play and that I could enjoy uh, in that environment. 
I just found that I really like it. So uh, that's why I've done what I've done uh, to kind of overcome a lot of those obstacles I saw in Eve, uh, which is a great game, but it's a rough environment. It's a it's a rage machine if you get have a bad day. So, uh, right. well, you, you, I think you also started at a point where there were a lot of wipes. I don't think the <laughs> ships were as, as stable. You know, uh, right now yeah. it would be un, unheard of a couple of years ago to grind for. For, for a ship the size of Carrick. <laughs> you know, you would have probably right. lost all the money along the way three exactly. times over. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, I was able to get into decent ships, but, you know, if you show up and, you know, you show up in your, you know, heavily equipped hammerhead and everyone else has an Idris, and it's five on one, you're going to lose. They've just played the game longer. That's what Eve was kind of rough about. So I really took a different approach this time and focused on, providing an avenue to get others to enjoy some of the stuff if they if they couldn't afford it. And while they're enjoying it, I can enjoy it. And, um, you know, my that's my goal, pure and simple. Yeah. So what about you? What was what were your thoughts? Uh, let's go with Geeky. What, what were your thoughts when you were buying? Oh, sure. Um, so... Uh, I was mostly, uh, you know, I'm an industrial player, so you look, I don't really have any fighters. The closest thing I have to a fighter is my um, <clears throat> Cutlass, which is really was just my, like, run about, do whatever I needed to, opens up all the gameplay opportunities for me. Um, when I went and invested into large ships, the only, the two large ships that I have are the Carrick and the Orion. Um both were Carrick was to unlock the gameplay that I wanted the most, um, you know, and the promise of what, what that ship delivers is what drew me to the game. Uh, the Orion being uh, an option that is a pretty high potential for making a lot of money and being interesting and, and fun gameplay. Um, when you get to some of the smaller ships, I was just trying to fill in gaps that I thought could exists like if it's still multi-crew and smaller it was either something like the crucible where i thought oh that might be helpful to have or um it's something like a 400 i where i was like oh that's just cool right <laughs> so right. um and then besides that i have a nomad which i just kind of liked it didn't really add much more to the gameplay but i thought it could be a you know a ship that takes me from point a to point b you know i could carry some stuff might be good on planet if i need to move things from one point to another well, uh, do you still have the nomad i do oh oh you should yeah, definitely I get the have... paint pack Wait, what's the paint pack um, oh here? it's great they have a green they have a cherry white they have a orange uh black and another yeah it's like five five paints oh okay. wow it's on sale I didn't for like see 20 that. bucks Maybe I'll get it. I'll take yeah. a look. I don't Did fly you, the Nomad a lot. Do you find that when you were like looking at your packs, like you said, you you know, you're you're trying to get rid of your your fighters, right? And I find that kind of mm -hmm. sometimes frustrating within the packs. It's been better lately, but a lot of the mm -hmm. packs have um you know a few very top end ships and then it'll have like seven starters. It'll be like mm -hmm. all the Aurora Ellens, a freelancer, and all the Mustang Deltas. 
or all the Mustangs, right? I don't need that many mm-hmm. starter ships. Um, yeah. I, I really liked, uh, but I did really like when they came up and they said, hey, we're going to have the RSI ships and we're going to have the Aegis ships because I do think people are brand buyers. Some people are, I'm a Ford driver. I'll never drive anything but a Ford. I've got every yeah. Ford ever made, right? Um, so I think those packs are great. I yeah. think what I miss in packs is something that's like a miner's pack. It's your base miner, yeah. prospector, you know, a, a rock, a prospector, <laughs> uh, a mole, and a Orion. I, I think yeah. packs like that would be valuable to me. Um, a long haul. Because yeah, it unlocks every level of mining for you instead. Correct. And it's com- continuous progression you know, mm-hmm. along the way. Um, another another way I think I'd like to have seen the packs done is kind of like by crew size, right? I'm a solo player. I only mm-hmm. want solo ships. Um, you know, I think it was you who mentioned, I'll never have a ship without a bathroom and a bed, right? I think that was you who said mm-hmm. that. Someone, I someone don't have wrote, a single, I don't have, I, I did. I don't have a single ship without right. a bathroom and a bed. So I mean, yeah, you know, maybe it's called the accommodations pack, right? You got a starter ship with the first starter ship with a toilet and a bed and way up the line, right? So um, the other one would be like crew size, right? Um, you know, the, the fleet experience. Maybe it's the hammerheads yeah. and the Idris, you know, and the uh, uh, whatever the other, the Polaris. Um, uh, or... You know, middle-sized ships. I want a, a sampling of middle of the road, so you get your moles and you get your connies and you get your freelancer dur, and you know they're all yeah. roughly four-person ships. Um, I would like to get well, away from the fighter packs. Yeah, well, to give you an example, because I bought the the, the um, exploration pack, but not the I bought the um, twenty nine forty eight exploration pack, which was more ships and cheaper. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I changed things around because I was like, you know, it, I, I said to myself, if I'm exploring, because I've gone through it, almost every iteration of what explorers I had and everything. I got rid of the Connies because I don't love them. And if I'm going to have three crew, I'd rather have three people crew a Carrick and be light on crew, then have a crew of three on a Connie. That's just my preference. Right. Um, I, and then that might be crazy. But then I thought, okay, you know what? Well, I'm probably not – I don't think I'm going to be the person to solo explore. If I'm going to solo something, it's going to be probably something else. So I'll probably group explore. That will be my group function. So – Carrick. Then I thought, okay, Crucible could be cool, could be interesting, could be helpful. It doesn't have a huge crew requirement. I think it's two or three. I can't remember specifically. Uh, Cuddy Black, I could have a crew. It could just be me. It doesn't matter. The Orion's where I kind of went a little kooky and just bought something big that wasn't within my scope, original scope. Uh, Then I have a Vulture. So, you know, hands-on um, salvage. Uh, I got a Star Runner because I thought data running would be fun, and I don't like the um, Herald. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, data running could be fun. It does carry some cargo, so it's like a middle-of-the-road cargo. 
vessel that could be fun. I have a Nomad because I liked it. And I have a 400i because I liked it. And I also thought, okay, if I want to do some light exploration with maybe one other person, because it doesn't require all three uh, crew. But if I want one other person, then I would do that. Or maybe I would do that instead of the the Carrick, depending on how long distance it is. So right. that's that's what my logic was. Yeah. I, how about you, Chekhov? Well, you kind of described yours, I mean. Well, yeah, that was purely a financial decision because right. uh, with the whole E, I get the Max, uh, and with the um, Vulture, I will get the Prospect and the Buccaneer. So yeah. short, short term, I'll have everything that I need, and then by the time the ships come out, I figure I'll grind in game, uh, you know, for the prospector, for Buccaneer, uh, and then, well, whole B, I'll just, you know, take a right. whole B because it's a much bigger cargo. And then, so at that point, I'll have the salvage. Hopefully, I'll have the carrot. I'll have my fighter. And uh, that's it. I mean, that's really all that I'm looking for. And you're not really <laughs> brand specific, are you? You're not like a Ford guy or a Chevy guy. I mean, you're you're you know, you're looking for certain pieces I'm, that you I'm, fit yeah, to, I'm, to work I'm together. Like, yeah, utility. I'm all about like I'm pretty practical about this game. I want to enjoy it. I find, like I need a goal. I want to get on. I I want to you know get there. Like for example, three fifteen gave me a whole different you know, sort of rejuvenation about this game. And I could have, in the very beginning, I was like, wondering why, you know, some of these guys are not getting on. I mean, come on, don't you want to play this game every day? And then at about, you know, somewhere in the 314 patch, I kind of got tired and bored. You know, there was mm-hmm. nothing else to get. I had, I had all the ships that I wanted. And there was like the, the, you know, the excitement was gone, you know, completely. Now this is like, Back two years ago, it's exciting. You know, we're exploring, we're, we're figuring stuff out. You know, a, a lot of new mechanics in the game. You know, this is really cool. Right. I I actually think that the the wipe uh, kind of put a whole new sort of air in my tires. Yeah, I, I I feel that extremely. I feel that a lot. I mean, you know, the question for tonight, which I'll talk about later, is. Definitely the, the death, you know, the factor of death and losing things, and yeah, it's the uh, it's it, you know, I don't I don't want to take out my good armor. I don't want to lose it. On the other hand, I want to leave it. I don't want to leave it in my hanger because I'm afraid to wear it because I'm going to die. So mm-hmm. uh, my that's why I said my brings my auroras back to life. I don't want to be picked off just flying to Hurston for for nothing, you know. I, I actually yep. turned to you know to other games that offered looting that offered this time of gameplay because I missed it because a lot of the RPG games you know had this kind of uh, mechanic and Star right. Citizen didn't you know so right. now they have it it's great I mean it's just it really, really is it is and uh, I've I've been killed once I was trying to fiddle around with my ship over one of the stations and I was shot down in my Nomad as fact and I had a couple pieces of armor with me. And uh, I lost those, and um, so from for now, I, unless I'm actually doing a mission, I'm flying the Auroras. I'm flying Auroras. I wear the same suit every day. It's a low yep. cost, simple piece of armor. I carry minimum number of you know, you know, um, medical 
pens and things like that, uh, one weapon, a couple magazines. I travel much differently now, um, and I mm-hmm. really need to start spreading my ships out so I can enjoy them more. Right, right. And, 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 and the whole environment is becoming more realistic because, you know, remember back in the day, every player you saw had 15 guns, grenades on him, weird suits. Now you don't see that anymore. Everyone is a, quite a bit more conservative, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. really think so. And I, I think as an org, you know, we can take that and say, okay, we have three three characters, or I don't know, we probably have eight. <laughs> yeah, we can put. I think, them. I think we have more than that too. <laughs> we, we can put I think I think two we on have Port Alasar, two on somewhere between <laughs> twelve and twenty. Yeah, uh, and I think we can actually spread them out and cover the area. And just fly to someone's ship if we're going to do a research mission or something like that. Same thing with hauling, right? I mean, I could put a hauler on every every base if I want. Um, I just need to move between the places more easily. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing worse than being you know shot down in somebody else's ship and you know respawning back on your planet, you know, ten miles or you know ten jumps away. Uh, it sucks. Yeah. So it's going to anyway. be interesting. It's going to yeah. be interesting. So actually, this segues perfectly into the next topic, which is three fifteen. Okay. Um, good. So I, I think I think the thing that is interesting is like you know, like death does feel like a consequence now, and yeah. that's without that's without death of a spaceman right this is like the entry level death of a spaceman and i think i think the the key will be if if players are in control like if players aren't are the only if players are the only reason that they die someone dies you know you make a mistake on the battlefield but it's not something to do with weird funky um server issues or you know the ai rubber banding or not dying you know looking like they died but they didn't or anything like that then i think what they're really creating is something special because i think you're not going to do a bunker mission by yourself anymore and you shouldn't you shouldn't solo a bunker mission you'll have a medic with you you'll have supply you'll take a ship that has supplies or or a healing bed like I keep going back to this before and it, and it's still to this day now like now it's making my favorite ship a very very viable ship until they have some of the other more yeah. viable health specific ships down right. path you, yeah, you know or, or introduced yeah. it's becoming and, a game of strategy and skill i mean yeah. look at the sorry to interrupt uh, look at fish what he was doing he got to the highest level of box missions, right? That are paying out mm-hmm. very well, 45K. Guess what? It's not trivial. It's not just carrying boxes. Now you have to take out uh, some, uh, you know, ground forces, and he wasn't able to finish it on his own. So, yeah. it's because, you know, it's very interesting dynamic. Same with, uh, it, with anything you touch, whether it's uh, doing HRTs. It's also, if you're not a good pilot, I mean, you're not going to be able to get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you it's, know, it's amazing. Search and rescue has become a real thing. You know, almost every night someone has had to be rescued yeah. after being killed on a solo mission. And we just stood up the search and rescue 
or team slash division. Um, and I think that's a valuable thing to have. Yeah, it's it's great, and you know, I think it it goes to show like then the question is like you know the more advanced the medical gameplay becomes the more of a trade-off deciding who does what and when is going to be important because you know for instance i I go back to my favorite ship because it just makes it so easy to see the trade-offs you have six seats and six crew Mm -hmm. well six two five seats in a in a you know a standing station um, but when it comes to, you're going to probably want someone who serves in one of those seats or whatever, but is also the engineer, you're going to yep. probably want someone who's a medical officer, someone who's good at medical gameplay. If they make it much more challenging than it currently is, um, which they will likely will. And then beyond that. So, but obviously those aren't all, all on time duties, but if you have a captain and a pilot, that's two out of the six, there's four turrets. You have to decide, is the captain running into a turret instead of guiding the overarching, um, combat strategy. And then it, or is the captain, the pilot at that point? And uh, people are running to the turret turrets because you need someone repairing any type of malfunctions and putting out fires. Well, um, I think of this as like sea of thieves on crack where we're on steroids, I Mm -hmm. guess, you know, sea of thieves, people have to go start hammering boards when they get holes in the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. You literally have to go hammer boards to plug up the holes. So, and, but you still need people manning the cannons or else you're just going to keep getting holes. Um, You need someone steering the ship strategically. So it's going to be the same thing, but it's going to be the same thing tenfold. It's really, and we're only seeing the nuggets now, but it's just, for some reason, it just seems like it's going to be so comprehensive and crazy. And you're not going to want to take more. Because because of the way that they're designing this game, you're not going to want to take more than six people because then some people won't have a way to log off when you're you know not near your home system. Anyway, <laughs> so what else? Now that we're on three fifteen, right? What else are are you guys enjoying about three fifteen? Seaguard. Seagard? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Seagard? Did we lose Seagard? Did we lose you, Seagard? Well, while we wait for Seagard, check off what else you're enjoying about 315. Oh, there's uh, just uh, going back to basic. I mean, I'm alone. Right now, I'm in the middle of a blizzard mining rocks, you know, and, and there's water. By the way, how do you white people? Uh, it is Z, isn't it? No, test. C? C. Maybe. Test. No. X. Uh, no, still not. Like maybe they changed it. But anyway, v, I'll, I'll uh, do Maybe V. It. Try V. Uh, I can't remember. It, yeah, are you I don't remember. in the rock? 
Yeah, I'm in the rock. Maybe that's why. Oh, I think I can't remember which key bind it is, but I th- I don't know if it'll work if you're seated. Yeah, I have to bind it. But yeah, it's uh, I mean it, it's all of it. Just like I said, I haven't done this game, but because after a while it all became just you know bounties and uh, uh, you know just goofing around. Now everybody's focused around building back the capital because. You know, just the components, I'm there. Mm. You know, even the simple Nomad, you know, I need to give it a nice quantum drive, you know. So these are the things they're going to think about. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, enjoying the basics of the game, you know. And, uh, yeah. and, and the, the overall environment is so different, just looking around, just uh, noticing everything, the, the finer detail everywhere, ships, you know, ground, the clouds, uh, I mean, everything is improved you know so it's just a a whole whole different uh you know game right now hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm back. Well, after some technical difficulties, we have returned. Um, so, as we were saying, uh, Seagard, uh, what do you like most about 315 now that we've been playing it? <laughs> First time playing like, 30K uh, out of the game. Seagard? Yeah. Uh, Seagard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the uh, first time I think I've had a 30K out of the game. But uh, I don't know what happened there. Uh, you know, I really, really, really like it. I I, I, uh, I think it's taken it to a whole other level. Uh, it's not like it's gone back to, you know, it was fun and has been fun for a long, long time. Uh, but this is like to another level. I get that little bit of giddiness of like when I'm heading out, am I going to get ambushed? I'm leery of looking at other characters. I mean, you know, I almost flew into a mountain the other day because a uh, origin 325 was landing at the same time I was in my seat, in my M2. And uh, so, you know, I, I definitely love 315. Inventory's great. Um, the, you know, the, the realities of having to make choices is a big deal. I'm finding life in my my smaller ships again um, as shuttles, and I'm finding a need to you know maybe better defend my ship or be able to better defend my ships um, as opposed to making them faster or more powerful um, armament wise. Um, as I might have in the past. So I, I think it's a great patch. And graphically, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's smooth yeah. And, and everything else. I just, we were looking at last night the reclaimer and the gravity ball spinning, and it has all these like vapor effects around it now that it actually looks like it's pulling vapors into little vents and fans. It's, it's really cool. Um, I swear they've done some work on the textures of ships because I was yeah, walking up yeah. to my Carrick the other day and I was like, is it me or does it look even more detailed? Yeah. Yeah. Did you also notice that all the na- naysayers are, are kind of gone? 
I mean, I don't mm. hear anybody. Yeah. Maybe they're quieter. Maybe, but what can you really say? I mean, I don't care. Call it whatever you want to call it. Alpha, beta, call it, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is the best, you know, game out there, period. doesn't it matter what, what state that it's in. It is. Yeah. You know, I, I feel I, like I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of people return to the game within the next twelve months that have been gone for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I tell you another thing is I, I really feel like, and I've had several people talk to me from within the org individually saying that they want to be part of a crew now. They they want to be part of a crew. They don't care if it's their ship or someone else's ship, but they want to go out and enjoy that experience they they enjoy the interaction the uh, that comes from it and um, and it's because of these realities you can't you know a lot of people just don't want to risk their ship I'd rather mm. spend my time on my my risk my life on your ship than my ship <laughs> yeah so uh, Especially <laughs> once it's something you bought in game and you work so hard for I know. As, yeah. soon, as, soon, as soon as I see Jendel, I'm like, Jendel, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Right. He, he, <laughs> yeah. he has the, the hurricane. You know, well, and, but, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'm just saying, but in-game ships are, uh, I mean, you're not going to destroy them. Yeah, it's true. There's still insurance. Yeah, yeah. you're still going to recover them. There's a time, there's a time factor, though, right? I mean... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah and and I think that's I still think that's a good thing. I would expect if you lose a hammerhead, you shouldn't get it back for three or four days. I even I really do think some of these ships should be tough yeah. to get. That's that's true. That's why I love uh, you know about the Nomad. A it gets around enough. The big fuel tank will get you anywhere, and it takes a minute to claim it. Right. So. Aurora's is the same all way. starter ships will do. Yeah. 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 It it will be interesting. I am well, and also, I mean, look, look, we're not even at a point now where maybe it's more of an incentive to disable a ship instead of destroy it. Mm-hmm. You know that that's down the road. Um, right. You know, probably within the next eighteen months or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, could you imagine we talk about risk and reward? Um, how awesome is it going to be to like, we'll definitely be crewing up if we decide to venture into pyro, we might even fleet up a little bit. Right. I agree. I really agree. Cause I've been, I've been feeling relatively comfortable with the Carrick until this Aries is coming out. Those things are scary. Big ship guns. The scaries. Right, <laughs> the yeah, scaries right. star killer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I've loved it too. The healing mechanics are, are great. I think the the less the less that you insta die, the better. Um right. well, you, well, know, you, you I, know what else is coming because I'm finding so many different types of harvestables, and mm-hmm. they all seem to be uh, because there's a huge description for each one, right? And they yeah. all to me seem to that we're going to have some kind of crafting game coming up because they're definitely, you know, you're going to be like there's certain, you know, certain uh, I guess uh, 
sickness or injuries, you won't be able to just get off the shelf. I almost think that we're going to have to craft some things. You know, as a medic, you may have to craft things. Maybe. Or or um, maybe almost be like a pharmacist and know how to mix medicines. You might have the raw ingredients, but right. not have to know how to mix them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the rudimentary aspects are there. The one thing I think is funny is that the med gun, the dedicated med gun, you could, if you want to, let it auto select the medicines, which I think is a little bit, you know, cheap, but that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. the first iteration of it. Yeah. Maybe you know, they're just to, trying to get people used to it. I, I think the only limitation well, the only the only things I've seen that I would I would like to see it improve relatively quickly are the mechanics of handling the uh handing things between each other. Yeah. Like I give it to you in your hand and you get take it from me in my hand. We found that very hard yesterday. One of us had the the vial for the medicine to heal snorkel, and the other one had mm-hmm. the gun. And I put the vial down on the ground. Unfortunately, we were in a scrap pile, and it immediately sunk below the layer of visibility, so we couldn't see it. So I grabbed number two and went to put it in the gun for Vimexio, and we couldn't do that. So he put the pistol on the ground, which immediately disappeared out of sight, and snorkel died. So it was like it, it would have been we you know we we spent five minutes trying to how to figure out how to get the two parts together, you know, and, and two idiots that we are. You know? That's so funny. Yeah, and like another one is um, you know bringing ammo. We had guys who were asking for ammo. I picked up a bunch of ammo, but I didn't have a way to really get it to them and drop it off like in a box that they could access without going through and blowing up a ship and getting the box and then filling it. And, you know, it, that I'd like to see fixed a little sooner because it does make it um, like you can do medical dro- or, you know, supply drops. I mean, that's yeah. great stuff. Yeah. Well, that'll all, I mean, let's face it, physicalized inventory. This is like the first step towards it. Yeah. It'll and come. It'll that's going to be, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think it's just fun. Uh, what I think is even more interesting, which, uh, you know, this is probably one of the shortest lived patches, uh, ever because <laughs> in less than a week, uh, 3.15.1 went to, to open PTU. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. now with it has been, you know, and actually, they've already had two builds in the PTU today. So it's been in the PTU, I think, what since the weekend, uh, since or the end of last week, um, and they've had almost a patch a day, fixed a lot of bugs, uh, cleaned some stuff up, uh, but also testing for the Ares uh, Starfighter uh, Ion and Inferno, as well as the Redeemer. Uh, IAE is being tested in advance uh, as usual and the coolest thing that we weren't expecting is they have also now implemented and I have a feeling this is kind of to to make new players uh, people coming for the free play kind of be in awe is because they can't have it on Crusader this year they implemented volumetric clouds in Microtech and they look Amazing. 
I haven't seen him yet. It's yeah, I, oh. I was just, I was there. I was looking, but I didn't see him either. I guess they're only in certain places. They're in the PTU. Oh, oh, they're in PTU. Oh, yeah, it's not in that. PU yet. They'll be in PU by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, they look, um, they so look good. They that look, looks amazing. They look as good as flight simulator ones. I mean, the pictures I've seen, they look as good as yeah. the ones in the flight simulators. So. Yeah, now once they get them to interact with your ship a little bit more, that'll be even cooler. Right. But they look great. They look great. And and the theme <clears> for <throat> the IAE, it they they changed the color scheme. You know, when I was like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pinkish and blue. Obviously, that was with Crusader. Um, <laughs> but now that it's back at Microtech, it looks like it's a blue and black theme, like almost a night sky. And oh. They have stars and clouds in all of the like in the in the expo hall it looks amazing very cool so excited i'm i'm looking forward to seeing um hopefully we'll see a nice influx for the free fly um i think it it feels since 315 feels relatively stable as it is maybe 30ks but they're less painful i think we'll we're only going to see more people join the game uh, after this this next week. Right. I'm, I'm really excited. They haven't mentioned it, but, you know, a while back they had mentioned they had the cargo decks and they were going to have the deck, the docks closer to the, where the cargo was for cargo ships. Oh, yeah. Right. And you were going to be able to, like, utilize terminals right in your hangar and things of, of that nature. Um, I wonder if we're not going to see that stuff sooner rather than later. Who knows? Because it's been I think, several months since they talked. It's been a year since they talked that. I think with the cargo docks, because <laughs> remember when they mentioned the cargo docks a while back, like mm, a couple months ago, Yeah, they sort of almost were like, now we're kind of, you know, we had them planned because of a specific purpose, and now we're trying to figure out what their true role is going to be. I think part of it was because of the fact that they don't quite – I think they're trying to figure out, well, what's the real reason? And then, you know, there's only certain stations that have them. Um, I think it's a great way to facilitate an exchange of cargo between two players, personally. Yes. Or a way to store cargo that you're trying to build up, and if you don't have your own location yet. Well, you also, since you can't bring down massive, massive ships worth of cargo, like a hull D or an E, you're going to have to have some way of shuttling it down to the surface. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, right. But the problem is, oh no, there's cargo <clears throat> decks at all of the planetary orbiting stations. Correct. So yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now... Last week, we also got a very extensive, super block text, chunky uh, server meshing Q&A. You know, just to round out our knowledge of one of the most complex topics in the game. In the galaxy. Um, Exactly. Uh, Now, first and foremost, uh, the good news, as we're predicting, uh, their target for server meshing is somewhere between Q3 and Q4. My guess is... What they're really saying is, we want it for the Q3 patch, but it could get pushed back to the Q4 patch. But it sounds like at some, it'll be hopefully within 2022, we'll get static server meshing. Um, 
Now, one of one of the funny things or the interesting things, and I think we've we've been talking about this for a while. I think it really pretty much ever since we started the podcast is the past few years have been these underlying technology years, and yes. so um, you know they they mentioned in this Q and A progress is actually pretty advanced. Um, you know, a lot of it is behind the scenes. We're not seeing it, but most of server meshing is built from the standpoint of a lot of the work is done. It's all about integrating mm-hmm. um, and creating a seamless persistence. So uh, they anticipate Q1 to Q2 patch having a lot of the persistence milestones in place uh, so that static server meshing can be released the next couple patches after. Um, now, one person asked, or one of the upvoted questions was, how do you plan on managing a large ship? For example, a, um, uh, whatchamacallit, a, a javelin. Will that have its own server? And the big thing that they highlighted over and over again in the Q&A is they don't want to create hard and fast rules. They want scalability to be dynamic. And so, um, you know, Sometimes a Javelin might require its own server because you have a fully crewed Javelin and a lot's going on and there's more than one Javelin in multiple areas, whatever the case may be. So a lot of servers are going to be spun up. In other cases, you might have three people on your Javelin and so it's not as resource intensive as it could be. Um, Right, right. They also ask how many players will be able to see each other? What's the maximum? Um this one they didn't really have a hard answer for because some of it it's still in testing. They have to get it in. They have to actually implement it and see how it works um, in the real world before they can say with any certainty. They have an idea. They didn't feel like sharing uh, some of that. Um, but well, then you know, maybe they should ask us how many players do we want to see. I don't think I really want to see anybody much beyond their work. <laughs> Well, no, they, I, I think they mean like if you're all occupying a close proximity, how many people will it render and what the draw yeah. distance essentially would be? And they said, you know, there's going to be some type of limit no matter what. You know, it's not like it's not like this is magic. Right. It has computational limits and it can only do so much. So, um, you know, it really depends. Uh, and a lot, by the way, I'm paraphrasing all of these because I didn't right. want to take the time to completely copy everything mm-hmm. down. Um, and yeah. once again, this is shortened. You can read the entire lengthy Q and a, um, on your own leisure. I, I want to be involved in when they test how many people fit in a Aurora. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> They're talking three people on a javelin might not be as busy as 30 people in an Aurora. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, another question was, if you make a moon base, will they be on all of the shards? So, for example, there's going to be shards for regions and things like that. They don't know how many shards they're going to have yet. But um, what they said, and this is this is sort of, this sounded like a work in progress answer more than anything, and they admitted to this. They said your base will be on all of the shards. So if it's a... EU shard and a USA East Coast mm. shard, the base will show up on all of those shards. But only one of them will actually be accessible and active, and it's the shard that you're on at that time. 
So um, the others will be copied images. Essentially what they're saying is this is so that no matter what shard you're on, you don't have to worry about your base not having the land rights that you claimed. Um, so, you know, interesting. I, they're working out specifics. Yeah, I read that one. I wasn't sure I understood it, but I did read that. Yeah, yeah. I, it, to me, that's the most like mm. kind of one because they said, you know, one would be interactable and the others would be read only. Right. Essentially. So like you could see it, but you can't touch it. Um, someone asked the question that we always keep thinking about and it's is one shard for everyone a goal and the short answer is yes the idea would be one mega global shard um, but they recognize that that could very well be impossible and so the the biggest goal for them is to create shards regional shards, you know, try and keep performance in mind for people based on their locality and then try and roll those shards up into bigger shards over time mm. until they get to a point where um, they think if they do it anymore, it'll affect performance, at which point that's when they'll probably stop. Um, someone asked, will the economy be shared across all short shards? Yes, it will. So it Good. won't just be one shard. It'll be all shards. We're actually already seeing that anyway. Um, the economy shared, the yeah. little economy that we have right now is shared between all shards. Uh, someone else asked about, you know, how will they make sure there's balance? Like you don't want one server that's just full of pirates and another full of non-pirates. And they said that that um, the matchmaking system will find a way to make, they'll, they'll plan in the fact that they want diversity amongst pl players and types of players. Um, last but not least, certainly not last but not least from the content, but last but not least from what I wrote down, and I'm starting to get tired, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> is, uh, you know, the goal with server meshing, of course, is it's going to unlock more players in the server. Um, it's going to unlock more content that their teams can put out and produce and uh, even content that they haven't dreamed up of yet. So that was the Q and a, um, anything else? Uh, Seaguard sounds like you read it. Anything else stand out to you? No, I, I thought you did a good summary of it. I did. It's worth mm -hmm. reading. It's, it's worth it's reading. Very lengthy, but very useful information. Yeah. Um, but also, it also shows how they're, you know, and and that's only for static, right? Dynamic isn't even going to happen next year. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> that'll probably take a whole nother year <laughs> at least. Right. Because a lot of this is very experimental. Um, so we did get one tip and trick, um, and it come, came from Captain Kieran. Uh, he said, I have a basic, well, essentially he said, I have a basic for science. And he goes, less of a science, more of a tips and tricks. He said, so for 315, our new inventory system, I accidentally found out how the inventory works. So it seems it is layered or tiered. Everything builds in layers off your undersuit. If you apply helmet, chest, arms, legs, all on top of your undersuit, those all sit on the undersuit. So then if you move your undersuit into storage or onto another person, etc., it will move everything attributed to it, all the armor, etc. If you apply ammo and med pens to your chest piece, 
If you change that chest piece, the ammo will go with it. So make sure you're careful when changing gear, if you want the ammo, etc. Make sure you remove it from the armor before you change. Mm. Great uh, advice, Captain Kieran. Yeah, that uh, means uh, I'm not sure if I understood it completely. It's essentially once you once you put a piece of armor on, if you put something on that armor and then you go ahead and take that armor off, whatever's on the armor will follow the armor wherever it goes. Yeah. Okay. Until the armor back on, yeah. It stays on the armor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I've been re-equipping cool. each time, you know, one at a time, and it's a pain in the butt. That's good to know. I th- I think I read somewhere that they're trying to figure out a way to make like a quip all. Right. It'd be nice if they categorized everything by the set. Yeah, that would be. You know, one thing yeah. we have to remember is it's the first implementation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it will I, make it better. I, you know, you know, like someone said the other day, you get on for an hour and a half, and an hour of it's just you're enthralled with your inventory. <laughs> it's time to get yeah. off. <laughs> well. For me, the inventory is a little slow, so I have a hard yeah. time with inventory. Yeah, it would be nice to do like a sh- control shift or something. You can yeah. select all because if you double click something, it'll go to to the available slot that holds it. By the way, when you, when you're transferring from, let's really? say, your yeah, ship so if you want to put something, no, if you want to put something on your character, oh yeah, double click the item, it'll drop it onto the slot that it belongs and say like even ammo. So if you double click ammo, double click utility items, it'll just drop it on the slot that's available. That's why some of the items are already filled in. Cause I'm probably double clicking and not realizing. Yeah. It. Yeah. I think I was doing that a lot too. That's um, good. What about good you? Seaguard? Any tips? Oh, any tips? Um, not, not for the inventory. Uh, I would. I would say. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any. No, no, I don't really have any tips this week. I've just been experimenting and learning. Okay, Mister Checkoff, any tips? Oh, plenty of tips. So, um, where do I start? <laughs> well, no, they, these are all simple. These are all going to be related to mining. And mm-hmm. rock specifically. So a uh, couple of things. The Hedonite uh, is basically non-existent, but it seems like Dolovine, and I'm still you know experimenting with it, it seems to be yielding the same as Hedonite used to. Uh, but here's the so the first one when, when I went down and cracked the my first rocks, what I found it breaks them up into this individual. Point one SCU shards and puts mm-hmm. them in the back of your normal. I'm sorry, in the back of the rock, right? So mm-hmm. then when you approach the station, try to sell it, which I did back in area like my Bezdak, for example, you have to transfer all a hundred of them one at a time. So I said, okay, well, that's not going to happen. I figured that's it. My whole rock game is fly down the window until they have to fix this. It's impossible. But what I found subsequently is that if you don't do it at best, like you take your rock right in the Nomad, you take it up to Everest Harbor, you could just walk into the admin office and sell it right from your rock, and it will sell it as a whole. So that oh, works cool. 
rock That's good tip. right right in the back of your nomad uh so you know that that whole mechanic works i also found the place where you could sell harvestables so there's a whole bunch of harvestables you can loot everywhere you could sell them at microtech um and those are pretty much the general tips i'm still we're at microtech at the um trade terminals trade trade or the admin no 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 trade trade terminal okay right, cool. right by omega yeah excellent yeah so it seems like it's uh it's working like i said i just started doing it but and it take it's not that it takes any longer we just really forgot how long it took before because now that i'm doing it i do remember it wasn't easy to find these rocks mm. you know they had to search for them and you still do now the only problem is when you scan them all it says it's uh, it the message is comes up as carrying that's the message don't know what it means but it doesn't tell me what what are those rocks have so i have to actually take my roc out and put it mining mode and then when i approach then i could then i could find out which rocks they are so oh yeah and, and i'm not sure if that's a bug or it's intentional maybe they don't want you to know what what it is you know a rock is a rock you know go mine it kind of. who knows i guess we'll yeah. find out um i have one this week actually um so it's not i mean it's it's a tip trick but it's it's just um some advice really about a change that you might not be thinking about with the newest patch. And that is um, when you claim a ship, you're no longer claiming a ship and then it becomes available to pull out wherever you want to. When you claim a ship, it's wherever you made the claim is the, the station or location it's now attributed to. So it's not like you can go. So I think some people thought once the patch came out, you could just claim everything and then it would just be in the invisible pocket of inventory until you pulled the ship out. And that's not the case. So I started at New Babbage, flew a ship over to Lorville. I claimed a bunch of ships, trying to make them available wherever I went. They're all available in Lorville now. That's it. it. So I can't go to another station without claiming it in order to get them. Gotcha. So you can claim them if you want to move them to a location instead mm-hmm. of flying them individually one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you just have you just have to know that wherever you claim them, that's the new location. So I right. what I did is I have half my ships still at New Babbage and half my ships still uh, now at Lorville. Okay, got it. That's okay. Good. Yeah. Um that brings us to everybody's favorite segment for science. We can't ever seem if we want to talk through this or be quiet through it. <laughs> yeah. It's a very catchy tune. I like this. It one. is a catchy tune. Um, so. Gentlemen, what have you done in the name of science this past week? Anything besides just playing the PTU or PU? So for 
I'll go first, I guess. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. A couple <laughs> things. Uh, so one was I definitely took out the reclaimer uh, just to see if it would fly. Someone said you couldn't get it out of atmosphere. It was like impossible because of the amount of thrust. Uh, so I just wanted to check the state of it. Uh, it was fantastic. It, you know, I found out, again, like I mentioned, not only is it flying very, very well and using relatively it uses much less hydrogen than it would have in the past. Um, it was relatively straightforward to get it out. Um, mm-hmm. It's relatively straightforward to land it. Um, I was able to make two or three entries in and out without crashing and without running out of fuel. And I was able to hold a, you know, a steady flight level without just holding my thrusters in the up position. <clears throat> And I found out that it carries 180 SCU. Um, it it really changes when you go down that elevator now and open up the cargo bay and you're facing these stacks. It's like a it's like a mini warehouse of of stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff, and uh, it looks it looks like a lot of stuff, and it is a lot of stuff, and you can make some money doing it. So um, I I think it's. Uh, a nice thing to experience. Uh, the other one I tried was logging out on a ship on a planet and logging out a ship in space. Both worked flawlessly. Um, so one was one was on the planet on a pad, and the other one I put um, below a um, space station. So I had a, like a reference point. It seems mm-hmm. to work better when I do that. So I was snuggled up below uh, Everest Harbor. And the uh, and it, entry was smooth. I came back and the you know the next day and logged in and was sitting in my cabin and you know sat up in bed and walked out and flew the ship down to the planet. So um, I I really both very good experiences. Great, yeah, awesome, Mister Chekhov. Anything for science? Well, I did a couple of things. I think. I would call it more for medical science. I successfully picked up a, a, a beacon, a distress beacon from one of our members, mm-hmm. and actually, in time, rescued him with a med gun. It's, uh, I mean, it's nothing special, but I guess it was a first for me. It just yeah. kind of worked, and it was amazing. Uh, and the other thing mm-hmm. I did is I took an FPS bunker mm-hmm. mission by myself, but when I got there, I realized that I forgot to bring a gun with me. So I decided to tackle it with my bare hands. So I have to say I took out four of them before I got killed. But I didn't get killed. Somebody actually came out and rescued me. Oh, nice. Um, That's good. So this whole medical and rescue game really works. Someone, Someone, a stranger took the beacon? No, no, that that is yet to happen. We typically we're just rescuing ourselves. Oh, okay. You know each other. I, I wonder how. Uh, I mean, the beacon does show up. It's not. It, by the way, it's not paying out. We we tried that. So um, that right, it's not paying out. But you do see a be- beacon. <laughs> yeah. But, What's funny is we accidentally in the PTU killed someone who was trying to rescue. Um, I think it was Badger. Or Haymar, Haymar, one Haymar. of them. Yeah. And oh. we, we accidentally killed killed them. We didn't know. Well, the person came in guns blazing. 
and acted like we were bad guys. And it was like, no, you didn't check that people were still in there. And I can see why he got confused because if someone needs a rescue, you know, wouldn't they trust their org mates? Um, But, you know, we we were a little sloppy with it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I did. I think it was me who actually revived him, though. Uh, and I, I was the one who unfortunately killed the, the assailant. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so basically he picked up the beacon and he came. He got murdered for it. Yeah. Right. It was accidental. Well, I think well, you guys we're... actually chatted in the game too, right? Yeah. Um, someone was chatting him and saying, Hey, we're friendlies. FYI, we're friendlies. We don't know why he sent this beacon, um, but he wasn't responding. Yeah. I was pretty sure, at least. Yeah. Whatever. That's, it, that's it was cool. fine. Yeah. Um, Murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you're letting me murder you, you know. That's, that's right. That's, that's problematic on, on that person's part because, yeah. you know. I'm not exactly Mr. Combat. Uh, you and I are too busy I've walking been, across the hangar. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> I've. I'm trying to be the more medic person in the group when people are doing combat missions because I probably am better serving them that way. Um, uh, I do not have anything for science besides just uh, I did. I did a bed log too, and as I mentioned. It did not go as well as uh, uh, Sea Guards. It um, ended up with my demise. Uh, were, you in my, a, uh, were you near a planet, or what? Were you, I was on the planet doing? surface, but I wasn't on a landing pad. So maybe that was the difference there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the landing pad would have spawned before before my ship did, because the the planet didn't spawn before the ship, or or whatever. Maybe the the surface. So, oh well. Um, it is what it is. Uh, next up, we have Seagar. Oh, wait. Uh, we have some responses for science. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Seth Mavros says, I'm pretty certain that you all know this already, but I saw the characters are not able to sell anything outside their backpacks. So all this, all that is stored in any other armor compartment, chest, legs, won't be able to sell. You have to move it to your backpack first. It's pretty straightforward since mm-hmm. the console uh, do warn you that it's looking for your backpack, but it's also good to know to check all your compartments in advance. Well, that's um, yeah. And then um, Captain Karen said, did not know that. Cheers, Seth. And then Admiral Cody said they should add a secret interaction where if you sell the pants, you're currently wearing uh, the, if you sell the pants you're currently wearing, you get charged with public indecency. See, there's there's a problem. He <laughs> clearly doesn't know us because we're not always wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many Who times said I've we're seen. wearing pants. That's I right. To, I, mean, I try to walk around naked actually yeah. on the lasagna. That's right. Do you mean do you mean try and sell our booty shorts? <laughs> <laughs> Um, because that's a different story. <laughs> then we need blurred, blurred boxes. Yeah. <laughs> in the BTU, um, I appeared in, I appeared in space in my, uh, my 
you know, hospital gown. Mm-hmm. And I was floating and alive. I was alive with, you know, no helmet or nothing. But it was like a photo of Superman, you know, with his cape fluttering oh, behind yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> that gown has some unnatural movement, by the way. It does. <laughs> but it's really lets everything, it lets the boys vent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whew. It's, uh. I know why they like kilts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um,. Uh, where am I? Oh, uh, so that brings us to Seagard's question from two weeks ago, because that's uh, our last question of the week. Um, so Seagard asked, uh, as a refresher for everyone, uh, if a certain Viking spaceman had a spare 100,000 uh, Alpha, Alpha UEC to invest in your in-game business endeavors... How would you use it, and what would you provide in return for the lender? Um, by the way, that sounds a little wink, wink, quid pro quo, Clarice. Um, but <laughs> um, Ursakin said, "Purchase distilled spirits. Give the Viking some mead." Um, it was a good answer. Yeah, and he said, "Real mm-hmm. answer." It's an investment, so the Viking is assuming financial risk. I'd pool it with whatever other capital I could scra- uh, scrounge together and do some trading. Returns would be in percentage of the revenue, but risk does exist, so it may be a loss. I'm not taking a loan. I like my legs too much. <laughs> <laughs> Stand out, <Jacob>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want kneecaps? <clears throat> Um, Jim Raymer says that is roughly 2.2% of a caterpillar I'd like to buy. I could then offer a generous 2.6 SCU of cargo for transport. Could even move the above distilled spirits. Ooh, he's thinking. Yeah. Um, Captain Kieran said I would only use this literally right after a wipe. I have a pledged freelancer max, so it would be used to actually pay for stock to fill said max and be able to haul. I would then make repayments in the form of percentages of profit. If it was in a state like now where money is easy to come by, um, then I wouldn't even bother borrowing 100K as it isn't really worth being in debt. On the other hand, if a rich benefactor were willing to lend the initial capital needed to buy a Caterpillar, I would then love to be able to make repayments of 50 to 80% of all profit until the repayment was made, even at interest. It would be, it would just be nice to be able to haul. Um, Good one too. Yeah. Uh, Mavros, Seth Mavros said, I would donate it to, I would donate the whole to the 30 K affected citizens fund. Our beloved lender would find more cash recovered customers to do business with in return. Um, Not bad. Boris Kraken said, scrap. Um, And then uh, Jim Raymer said, agreed with Captain Kieran. I wouldn't borrow 100K, but I would get a big ship. However, once I had the gears going in the money machine, 100K feels like a good amount of money to give a new player to help them be able to buy a few things of whatever they want and get started. And then 
Captain Karen said, I agree. Once I'm up and running, I'd love to gift new players 100k to be able to buy weapons and armor and just generally have a bit of fun. Smiley face. Um, great stuff. Um, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I wouldn't borrow 100k. Yeah. Although I have to say, I started with 125k and I made the mistake of buying a component for my Carrick. And now I'm back up to 40k. Uh, I I remember yeah. the, the days when I was at five million and felt mm-hmm. like I was poor. Right. Yeah. Could that happen in real life, please? Can I have five million and feel like mm-hmm. I'm poor? That's right. Yeah. I used a hundred K just because it's a relatively even number. And uh, yeah. if you're starting with five thousand as a starter pack, it's a lot more than you know. It's twenty. It's five times more, right? Yeah. So. I I think a hundred thousand could be good for someone trying to to haul Start. in in a yeah. like that's Cat probably apartment. a good Laranite load with a small ship like not Cutlass small black. but like you know Cutlass Black yeah yeah exactly and you'll you you'll see a pretty good return on that so yeah you could potentially um, <clears throat> start making more and more money mm-hmm. um cool. Now we did get a few questions from the audience as well. Yeah. Uh, before I before I mention that, uh, the, the last podcast that we had and now going forward, uh, actually, if you are a listener on Spotify, which is more than half of our listeners, by the way, there's a new functionality for hosts to be able to ask questions within the Spotify platform. So if you aren't a um, discord member of readcast then if you want to respond to any of the questions that uh seaguard posits every week you can do so using that functionality be mindful that we probably won't read them on the air if they aren't in between this week's episode and next week's episode but we can pin them uh, for other audience members to see the response so please do engage that way. I think it would be really fun. Um, now, questions from our audience. Uh, Tuki2D, who's also new to the org. Welcome, Tuki. Um, he asks, do you envision organization, organizational bases having radar? Having a radar which shows the local planet and the lower space would be very interesting for meetings as well as data running and intelligence could be used to update other outposts, planetary or system maps for intelligence meetings. With pirating and persistence, I have to wonder how CIG will handle org outposts, thievery, and potential assaults. Uh, What do you think, Seagar? Do you think they'll have radar? Yeah, I think they'll have everything a ship has except for a motor. Yeah. What about you, Chekhov? The the question was the radar on the in an org base. Oh, in an org base. Uh, yeah. And is there benefit to that, or uh, so I would think of it. If I could take what he said and rephrase it in a way that I think he intended, I think what he's trying to say is. Do we think we'll have hollow spheres and ways to interact with data that we've gathered at an org base? Hmm. That is really lots of theory crafting at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, 
yeah, I I, I would imagine it's something that, uh, yeah, I guess it, it all depends how data, get, you know, game yeah. mechanic plays out. I mean, that is so far out. I, I don't really have it. I, I think... I think there will be because if you look at the Microtech um, factory line store, they have those um, hollow spheres and, and, and hologram tables and stuff, which look purchasable for your hangar and, and for your own locations. Oh, yeah, that's true. The hope is that it's not just vanity, that you can actually import data. And I think you will be able to. I, I have a feeling it'll sort of be like, you know, a Chromecast or a, or a Apple TV where the data is on your Mobi glass and you can project it to the, um, or you could send it to the device or maybe it's, you know, uh, a server blade or maybe, maybe the, maybe it's data. Like I could see you gathering data with something and then storing it on servers within a facility and then being able to display it then. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. And I can see, I can actually see something like uh, literally a, a, a Carrick without engines, not the real Carrick, but you know, yeah. the rooms and facilities provided in a Carrick being 100%. in a base, you know, shields and all turrets, 100%. shields. Yeah. I mean, we saw a taste of this with citizen con. Yep. Um, what do you think about pirating and persistence? What do you, how do you think that's going to be handled with org outposts and et cetera? Uh, I think that there's going to be, you know, the, the org outpost is going to be visible to people when we are there, when we're not there, it won't be visible. It'll just be an interact, something you can't interact with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll want to make it so that it's easy to, like destroy or whatever while someone's not there. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Any thoughts there? Um, yeah, I, I would. I would think so. That the persistence has to be there. Yeah, I, I think you'll be at least be able to see it. Um, Boris Kraken says, "Is three fifteen the shortest patch with three sixteen going live between the seventeenth and the twenty second of December?" <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it might not be the shortest patch, but it's definitely one of the shortest patches ever. But I also don't think 316 is going to go live by the end of the year. I think it will go to uh, open PTU. Oh, really? That's a guess. Well, that's always the target a stable open PTU. No, I know. No, they usually try to get it live, though. Yeah, you would think that they would. Well, uh, you know, but it's also sure. usually one of the the most challenging because everybody then goes away, and sometimes it's riddled with problems. Right. But last year, people were working through the holidays. It's gotten better. I think the last two years have been better, to be honest with you. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, but also, there's not that much. Like, there's not huge game-changing things in 3.16 like there were in 3.15. I can imagine if 3.15 were the end of the year, that would be a nightmare. Um, Seth Mavro says, 
what do you think is really happening with salvage? I understand that they're giving priority to those mechanics that will be needed for Squadron 42, but then why not just getting rid of it until they really think they can get it done? Why the continuous delay? Seagard, what what do you think is going on? Well, I I really think, and I thought I read this, um, I really think that they're going to deliver in one fell swoop salvage to about the level of mining was after, you know, about the time we got the rocks. All right. I mean, I really think it's going to come in a burst. You know, um, mm. the, the, the aesthetics of, let's say the gameplay mechanic of it may look different, but it's going to be relatively the same. I mean, right. Mm. There's going to be, Chances of explosions if you overcharge and undercharge and toxic fumes and things like that. I mean, there's going to be sensors to monitor that. You're going to be manipulating some kind of control. You're going to have a ship that has more than one mining or more than one salvage head and some with only one salvage head. So I, I think a lot of it has been done, but just in a different, you know, art form, yeah. different perspective. So I think we're going to see yeah. it faster. Yeah. What What do you think, Chekhov? Uh, can you repeat that question, please? I'm what do you think actually? <laughs> what do you actually think is happening with salvage? Is it? Is there a particular reason why you think they keep pushing it back? I think it's uh, about as complex, if not more, of the. Well, I would say more, but it's pretty complex uh it, it, you know it physicalized inventory probably as complex as that i mean there's mm. a lot of moving parts to it i think that's why mm. well and i mean I, i'll say this there's two things that that immediately jump in my mind one is um if you look at the way the feature is being delivered now, and you're absolutely correct, Seaguard, the way that they're delivering it is, is not just... Uh, originally, it was the back-end functionality to support it and hand salvage. Right. Um, instead, they had said they want to refocus things. They want to test it in Squadron 42. They mentioned salvage as part of that. And I think the reason why is if you read the, the parts that are coming in 3.18 um, is they said that salvage will include hand and vulture salvage. It still sounds like it's going to be just hole stripping, but then they also mentioned that it would include the contrary, which was repair. So my guess is... They're testing it in Squadron 42 because as a player, you might be able to use the the multi-tool to strip some of the hull of a ship to patch your own ship. Good point. Mm. So that would be my guess as to why it's starting in Squadron 42 first. They also mentioned they want they want salvage or they want features to go, come into the PU more fleshed out. That's one reason. The reason why it was delayed so often prior to this and why they keep pushing it back is the more that they went to look at salvage, the more technical dependencies that came in the way. Persistence is one of the number one reasons because if a ship explodes, 
unless you persist what explodes, there's nothing to salvage. So persistence is what they have slotted in for Q1 of next year. That is an actual dependency for salvage gameplay. Um, I would imagine, uh, and this is just a guess, but I would imagine some physicalization of the hull is another. Um, And I would venture a guess that they will have some physicalized components, at least at that point, too, that you can try and salvage from a wreck so that it's not just hull stripping. You could strip the hull and remove any component that you can sell. Since if you look, they're implementing selling to shops the patch before as well. So it seems like they're setting the groundwork to make salvage be more than just, um, you know, point beam at thing, remove thing. You could sell canister of, of you know, ship right. skin. Um, so that's what I think it is. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, and then last but certainly never least, Canuck2099 says or asks in light of the potential obstacles and limitations that CIG has admitted with server um, with its upcoming server meshing intentions, location of players, large ships in game locations, ping, and even the number of players being able to see each other in game. Does the idea of having a big sprawling org with lots of members across multiple time zones become somewhat of an issue. What would you guys consider a big org anyways? Hmm. Great question, Canuck. What do you think, Seagard? You know, um, I I think our description of a big org is that we don't want to be a big org. We want to be a organization. In other words, we don't want 3 million players. What we want is a number of players that work and coordinate together and are familiar with each other, as opposed to there's 20,000 anonymous members I've never met. So I think, you know, that's one thing. And the second thing was that um, talking with Techno a while back, we had, you know, I tried to pin down his intent and things like that, like a, you know, commander's intent we would have had in the army. And he said, you know, he, he wants us to have, you know, groups of um, individuals playing together in a similar way across multiple planets and multiple systems um, in, you know, in a, in a common goal or endeavor um, so that, you know, we basically are going to, what we're building now with our group, which is, you know, I guess we're at 50, probably, and there's probably about 30 of us that are hardcore in their almost everyday kind of things, uh, players around the world. Um, I think that, uh, you know, if we could do that once and then split it in half with Pyro, that would be the second one. And then make a third one out of those two over time and keep the communications going and the way we play together similar. I think that's our goal. Yeah. And after Um, that is have enough players to actually fly at least, you know, some of our capital ships. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, um, <laughs> also, just for reference, we have 77 members. 77, okay. Yeah. yeah. I knew we had 50 of varying engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Jack, what do you, what do you think? think? Uh, I don't think large orgs are going to be successful in this game, period. I mean, this is not evil mind. It's, it's a different type of game. It's the, just, I, I think uh, our size may be a little bit larger. We, you know, uh, uh, it's is, is manageable. Beyond that, I it becomes more of a job than a, than a game. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, I wouldn't say so much like, I guess it it does the. Uh, I see where you're going, uh, Canuck. In terms of, um, it does depend on what you define as a large org. I I wouldn't say that super large orgs won't be successful, but I I venture to question how well the vision of the founding team is going to translate across all levels of an organization. And because they're so big, people might be more likely to join them, but they might not embody the values or, or ethos by which your org stands for. Um, I think our org is relatively tight knit. Um, We have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of different folks who are, um, trying to accomplish the same goal. And I think, you know, in, uh, in a lot of ways we, uh, uh, we can accomplish quite a bit for such a, a, a reasonably sized org. I would imagine to accomplish what we want to at the size that we're at now, um, we probably need to be, um, either 77 to a hundred active, relatively active members, right? Somewhere between a hundred and two hundred. Yeah, um, and I would say that's probably a moderate, you know, almost almost medium size org. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but then some of the other orgs in the game, some of them are I wouldn't even call them large; I'd call them mega sized. And you know, it's just different different uh, different goals and what what orgs are looking for um in terms of the limitations that you're referencing canuck the only limitation i would find is when people who would be in different shards want to play together and they did say that the the shard wouldn't dictate you don't have to choose your regional shard and and as we can see right now with the servers we have now Choosing an EU shard is not that problematic. Sometimes it's even better. So I would imagine it's not going to be as much of a barrier as we think it will be. Um, so it's funny though, we're getting oh, we're getting we're you know it's funny because all of us are from the U.S. But uh, I, you know a huge portion of our org is not. I mean you know we have you know the guys in Australia. You know, we got what three or four, and we got Nether uh, Netherlands. We've got Greece, Spain, Denmark, France. Two from France. Um, a few from two Canada. From Can- like, cannot right? Yeah, Canada. More I than two. More than two. Okay, I do TPGR, yeah. um, Canuck. Yep. 
Um, How could you forget Nubkins? Oh, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, Our fabricator, man. Um, (laughs) Do we have anyone from England? I don't think we have anyone from England, do we? uh, Isn't uh, Red Or? No. And and then we have West Coast, right? Is it a different country? (laughs) we do have quite a few west coasts we have a good number of east coasters too but um it started with a lot of east coasters and then um really expanded i mean it makes sense techno's an east coaster yeah yeah Yeah, and the problem with with the mega work like you said you you know if you're you know a leader or a team lead you're you're uh, accountable for possibly a hundred people right so mm-hmm. it's such an obligation when you're doing events, you know, and you almost can't get, you know, your real life get in the way. And that's part of the problem. We joined the SORC for one of the main reasons, because it's easy going. So, you know, yeah. and everybody understands that real life comes first. And, and once you get beyond certain level, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to maintain this casual environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I, I, I can theory craft, guess, you know, get excited and, and not excited about all kinds of things. But I think, I think we have the right, right approach. And we see, we see that, that compared to, we, we come up for exploration orgs very highly on a list if you're searching, but if you're filtering on exploration and activity, mm-hmm. yeah, very high uh, within the first page, I believe. So, you know, we're doing something right. Yeah. Well, we have all the components. Like I said, we're, we're casual, but yet we're, we're doing a lot of things that maybe even bigger orgs don't do. Yeah. You know, well, like- I think the other thing too, is big orgs might have those huge numbers, but what's the active player base? Right. right. We that's... we prefer because we we do groom people out if they're not responsive after a period of time, and they're welcome to to rejoin when they're more active in the game. Um, but we don't want to look like a bigger org than we are. Right. We want to look right. like the org that you'll probably expect to see, and that's why on a Monday night you'll probably see fifteen players in Discord or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very common. I mean, it's very common for people to dial in from a parking lot, like me, especially. I do it all the time. My wife is Even shopping, techno. and yeah, I sit <laughs> yeah. in the car and dial in and just listen. It's, it's my friends. Oh, you know, if, if I if I do that, they'll throw me out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually just me and a cup of coffee. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that. Uh... That wraps up our questions. Um, if you do have any questions, uh, comments, answers to our questions, things you did for science, tips and tricks, please uh, submit them via email at readcast or by going to readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc. You could submit a message through a voice message through Anchor. You could join our Readcast Discord and contribute there. We have different sections for each of those. You can text or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. And now you have the option of answering questions on Spotify using the Q&A feature. Um, 
all that information is in the show notes. Um, don't forget if you are, uh, as you could probably tell, we love Reed. Um, we think yeah. everyone should be a part of it, but we won't, wouldn't accept everyone because then it'd be too big apparently as we can, as you can see. Um, but we stand for research and engineering through exploration and discovery. And, uh, we are respectful, law abiding, um, family friendly, essentially. Um, and last but not least, take a look at our content creators. Uh, we have earth, uh, who is, doing a ton of videos on YouTube. He, he vacillates between star citizen and some other content, uh, as well as all the music featured in this episode and more has been written by Admiral Cody and Calibri who are awesome. And they have a sound, uh, essentially a soundtrack inspired by Reed and star citizen, uh, a new piece of content that we definitely mm-hmm. want you to take a look at features our very own checkoff. Oh, um, funny. <laughs> Trying to park a what is it a C two or a C two by backing it into a space station and apparently him and Flavius um, had a really interesting time doing so. Uh, So I will I will include a link to that. It is it was filmed by Snorkel and uh, it is called uh, uh, what is it Pancake Latitude Longitudinal Pancake Longitudinal (laughs) Pancake. So I will link that in the show notes for this episode. Take a look at it. It's funny. Um, and you get to see uh, someone get frustrated with Chekhov. <laughs> before, oh, before we depart, I have a one last tip because I have to actually, something that I said earlier was not exactly correct. So when I bring up the rock in a nomad up to the station, Apparently, mm-hmm. you cannot sell anything by it sitting uh, in the back of the nomad. What you actually have to do, you have to finesse the rock by bringing your uh, ramp down, and you have to pull it out just to the edge of the ramp, but just to the edge, because if you pull it too far, uh, you're going to get a notice that your vehicle is going to get impounded because rock is an illegal vehicle. So once you rest it right on the edge, then you go down to the admin office, and only then the rock rocks inventory will appear and will allow you to sell. Otherwise, the admin office does not see a rock when the ramp is up and the rock is fully inside the nomad. I have to try that in the constellation. <laughs> hey, you know, we got question of the, the new question of the week too. So. Oh yes, thank you, Seagard. Yeah, so uh, since I spent all of, you know, 20 seconds thinking this one through, no, I spent more than that. But uh, so question is already posted, but, uh, you know, it's at, uh, at, you know, Sigurd's question of the week. Uh, With death and loss of inventory items a reality, do you plan to upgrade your ships less or more? Oh, great question. Excellent. Hmm. Well, that... uh... That wraps up another uh, week of Readcast. Sorry again for the missing week, but uh, I will get this posted ASAP, and you'll you'll know it by the time you hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, enjoy the beginning of IAE, everybody, and we'll we'll t- we'll see you next week. Thank you. If I venture to guess, we kind of made up with this episode. It was a good one. So many hours. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. It's, it's yeah. longer. And I haven't stopped longer. recording yet, so. <laughs> yeah, it is longer. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.